0: You're listening to Earshot from WXXI News. I'm Veronica Volk. This week, a Rochester couple wants to be an example for affordable, eco-friendly living.
1: Our neighbors, a few doors down, have a baby, and we want her to have a world to grow up in.
0: Plus, as more New Yorkers wait for trial at home, few communities are paying for services to support them. It was quite evident when this bail reform came out that that need you know, skyrocketed. All that from your local news podcast, Earshot.
2: Support for Earshot from WXXI News is provided by Rock Vox Recording and Production, presenting Legacy Cast. Audio and video recordings of loved ones telling their stories for posterity. Produced in a full-service studio located in Bushnell's Basin. More at rocvox.com.
0: Eco-friendly living has gained popularity over the last several years, from the rise of the electric car to the installation of solar panels on private homes. It's not always easy or cheap, but some residents in Rochester are finding ways to make it work. My colleague April Franklin looked into this. She met one couple who are trying to completely offset their carbon footprint. She has this story.
1: There were enormous fires (laughs) following us as we drove out of of the city to leave because of the climate disruption.
2: Jasmine Singer and her wife Maurice call themselves climate refugees. They recently moved to Rochester to escape the Los Angeles smog and California wildfires.
1: We studied the New York Times climate change map, which actually pointed to Rochester as one of the best cities to move to for long-term
2: climate projections. Their home would have to be affordable and eco-friendly.
1: In Los Angeles, living there is very expensive just with the energy bills.
2: When the couple purchased an old home in the Highland Park neighborhood, they quickly got to work renovating it to produce as much renewable energy as it consumes. The concept is called net zero. Reese explains.
1: Over the course of the year, we even out the energy we make versus the energy we use. For us, it's geothermal for heating and cooling, and we have solar panels on our roof and on the garage roof.
2: Solar panels are the most common way to achieve net zero energy, but Singer and Reese's biggest investment was their geothermal heating and cooling system. They documented the process on their YouTube channel.
1: They try to drill 100 feet down, 600 foot wells. So here we have all
2: the home is heated through a pump that exchanges heat from the ground or water source. The cost to install a geothermal system can range between thirty to forty thousand dollars, which could make it cost prohibitive for a lot of homeowners. But Reese says they decided to invest in order to save on increasing energy costs.
1: I'm thinking ahead to my fixed income. You know, with my fixed income, I want to know. That I'll
2: have no energy bills <laughs> for people who can't install solar panels and a geothermal system. There are alternatives for reducing their carbon footprint in the home. Ryan Puckett is a building analyst with Wise Home Energy.
3: Really looking at the energy efficiency of this existing shell of the house. You know how much insulation is in the home and how airtight the house is is the first step.
2: Puckett suggests sealing air pockets and installing an air heat pump. He says not every structure will be net zero ready, so it's important to get an assessment.
3: A lot of houses in Rochester, unfortunately, need to just have structural improvements done to the home before they can even start to look at making their house net zero or super insulated.
2: Currently, there is about a 20 percent federal tax credit for solar panels and dozens of state rebates and incentive programs for installation. Puckett says free or low cost energy assessments are available for most low to moderate income homeowners. But net zero living has some limitations.
3: Very difficult for renters currently, but there is a lot of lobbying push right now to try to get the programs to change to make it more inclusive.
2: Singer wants to see that change. We were renting, which definitely has its charms, but when we spoke with our landlord there
1: about possibly becoming more eco-friendly, he said it wasn't cost-effective.
2: Reese says renters are the key, and there should be incentives for landlords to make buildings net zero. The couple recognizes that not everyone can do what they did. But they want to be an example that it is possible to do your part in preserving the world.
1: Our neighbors, a few doors down, have a baby who was born the day we closed on this house. Who we love in our close We did. love her. And we want her to have a world to grow up in. You know, like, this is is no joke.
0: April Franklin is a reporter and host of Weekend Edition on WXXI. Hey, this is Megan Mack from WXXI, and if you're enjoying Earshot, subscribe to our other podcast, Connections with Evan Dawson. Catch up on discussions about current events, arts, politics, and interesting people. Subscribe to Connections with Evan Dawson wherever you find your podcasts. Recent changes in New York's bail laws mean that more people now wait for trial at home instead of in jail. Despite this shift, many communities have not increased funding to support people waiting for trial. Funding for things like mental health and drug addiction services. Yet spending on jails has remained the same. Charles Lane is a reporter on Long Island for WSHU. He has this story.
3: Derek is standing outside district court in Long Island's Suffolk County. He's trying to explain why he's been arrested so many times. It's a crazy thing, you know, being addicted to things. It just makes you do things
2: that you normally wouldn't do when you're a sober person.
3: Derek asked that we not use his full name so we won't risk jeopardizing his upcoming trial. Now in his 40s, Derek has a young face with just a brush of silver in his goatee. He was first arrested when he was 15. He spent the last 25 years in and out of jail. Dabbling and dabbling into drugs and got caught up a few times. But the last time he was arrested, things were different. Because of the new bail laws, he was allowed to stay home while he awaited trial. During that time, Suffolk County Probation provided him with a slate of publicly funded programs known as pretrial services. For Derek, that meant drug counseling. I have a lot more resources than
2: I did before. If I have uh, any issues with anything, I can go to these counselors. They actually help me. They give me the advice that I need to help me, you know, keep myself on track. The support Derek
3: received is still rare. Under the state bail reforms, each county must at least keep track of people who have been released before trial. If they want to spend more money, they can also offer other services like mentoring, drug counseling and job placement. Services advocates say reduce crime. But we looked at the 10 most populous counties in New York, and with two exceptions, we found that funding for the departments in charge of pretrial services hasn't really increased, even though thousands more people are now out of custody and needing support. In Erie County, for example, lawmakers have cut the probation department budget 7 percent since bail reform was implemented. Michelle Ozowie, the commissioner, says she cut other parts of the budget to meet the demand of bail reform.
0: You kind of shift your funding in the department based on need. But it was quite evident when this bail reform came out that that need skyrocketed.
3: According to interviews, county officials across New York said they expected state funding to pay for the increased cost of pretrial services. So far, that support has been limited, about $4 million a year altogether. In this year's budget, which is due April 1st, Governor Kathy Hochul is promising to increase that to $10 million. Sherilyn Pulver is the chief administrator for Westchester County Probation. Her department used local tax dollars to increase its budget by about 25 percent, with little help from the state. Our county has been very understanding and they've prioritized this program because they understand the implications for defendants, their families and the communities that the defendants live in. She says the $10 million from the state isn't enough. For a state with with over 60 counties in it, that just does not sound like a lot of money to me. Julian Harris-Calvin of the Vera Institute of Justice said more counties should be like Westchester in New York City, devoting new money to recovery programs.
0: There are choices that these counties are making, and they're choosing to not prioritize pretrial services and to prioritize other budgetary
3: lines. One thing Harris-Calvin said counties are spending as much as ever on is jail. That's despite the fact that there are about 25 percent fewer people in jails statewide than there were before bail reform. Kenneth Jones, the undersheriff in Orange County, says because state regulations set minimum staffing requirements, jails can't cut costs by reducing staff. He blames Democrats in Albany.
1: They promised different funding for different things that the counties would be able to do within their own budget because all this money would be freed up. And, you know, they were lying.
3: It was actually sheriffs who opposed changes to the regulations that tried to give local jails more flexibility in staffing. According to public comment, sheriffs were concerned that if counties had too much control, they might cut staff too much, making jails dangerous. Back outside District Court in Suffolk, Derek says he's hopeful the drug counseling he got this time will help him stay clean. Because it gives people like myself the opportunity to actually do right, to provide for their family, and to make change and to actually become somebody in society instead of sitting behind bars and, and not trying to do anything for themselves. Another service he thinks counties should offer is job placement. A lot of people who are arrested, Derek says, are shunned when looking for work.
0: Charles Lane is a reporter for WSHU. You can hear and read more of their stories at WSHU.org. And that's it for Earshot. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the show to get new episodes in your feed every Friday. Rate us and leave us a review while you're there. Find even more local news on our website, wxxinews.org. Music This Week from Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. I'm Veronica Volk. Thanks for listening. This program is a production of member-supported WXXI Public Broadcasting, Rochester, New York.